Yeah. So, man, you you led that song so good in worship tonight. That was powerful. Thank you for doing that. So maybe I was sitting in the pews. Pews? Yeah. <laughs> what are pews? <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Did I just do that? You're welcome for the sound effects. Yeah. Welcome to another Learn By Doing podcast. I'm your host. My name is Sue Brooks. And today, our guest is Kate Guajardo. Hi, friends. Hey. Yes, we are friends. That is true. And you are the kids pastor at Oaks Church. I am. Welcome. Thank you. Are you excited? This is the best. I'm I'm so excited. Oh, jinx. Yeah, we already did it. How many times are we going to do this? We're very mature. 30 (laughs) seconds, not even, into the podcast. I jinxed you because we both said so excited. We're friends. That's fun. Yeah, Yay. I know. So this is—I met you here at the church. A I know. Years ago. I know. We haven't even known each other very long, nope. um, honestly. Um, but it's been such a good friendship. You know, it's just like—I feel like a surprise from God. Like, hey, uh, I—I'm gonna send you Sue. Yeah, and you need Sue. That's and, how I and, felt. Yeah, feel. That's okay. That's how I felt when I met you first. I okay. Didn't mean this Do you want me to tell you how I felt when I met? you first yeah will you please because i think i have an idea and i'm already i'm already distraught i know (laughs) i know tell the listeners okay well i had been working all summer um that that summer before we met Mm -hmm. and you came into the office for the first time you had been working from home i think yes Um, that's right and i met brian your husband and uh we worked in really small quarters because we were building the new um youth building at the time so we had no offices we Mm -hmm. were all kind of jam-packed together and um one morning it was it was just me up in the offices i came early and uh you walked in and i was like uh who's this chick Um, I know, I know. Um, and but honestly, this thing rose up in me where I was like, "Hmm, I don't know about her." Um, and now to think back, I just am like, "Man, like I think that the enemy wanted to stop our friendship from the very beginning." Hmm. And that was just a good knew. clue to me that actually you were going to be a gift to me. And I mean, and it took no time at all for me to just totally um, just fall in love with you as a friend. And honestly, it was one day. Um, Brian came to me, Pastor Brian came to me and said, hey, my wife, my wife really likes you. Oh, <laughs> yeah? Like, oh, she does? And you're okay. like, I changed my mind. I like her too. I like her too. <laughs> I secretly like her too. <laughs> Isn't that funny though? I don't know if guys do that, but girls do do that. Yeah. Females do. Yeah. It's so like, true. Yeah. We just so kind true. of like, hmm, who's, who is she? Yeah. Well, Not I like, think that, oh, a new friend. <laughs> exactly. I think there's like this like competitiveness, you know, yeah. among females that there can be and um and so for it to but be like, we're not no, petty no right we ain't petty <laughs> there's no need to compete with us <laughs> no so well, it is like i remember you told me that a f- really i didn't this has kind of been recent news to me okay. and i thought i'm not going to be offended because i know we're really close friends but i've had to har- try really hard not to analyze mm-hmm. every second of that initial interaction yeah um all i can think of is i was just nervous I think because it was because I had been working from home and hadn't been as much of a physical present. So I, it was, oh my goodness, all of my children are in school. 
every single one of them. And this is my first, this is scary. I've been working all along and yet this is really scary to like have no children with me and to be in an office with all these people. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks for hating me. No, I'm just I, I want to formally apologize. No, but well, I never would have known that. And I know you didn't hate me. It is, it's just like, well, who is she? Yeah. You know, just yeah, you didn't know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. No, and I was so, thinking, I, it's hard for me because I kind of wonder, do I need to change my expression, my mannerisms, the way I carry myself so people aren't not liking me? But then I should probably also never. think like, no, who cares? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't please everybody. <laughs> No, but that's how I feel about you too. I just, you know, for me, when, when I got married and we went into ministry, it, it, you know, I left college, got married, we moved away and I just no longer had any contact with my friends Mm -hmm. and, and, and some relationships I just needed to break, you know, you know, when you get married, you don't, um, so I married Brian, I don't it's not okay for me to be contacting all my old guy friends. That's just not appropriate. You know, we don't have to not be nice to each other, but there's no reason back then it would have taken a whole lot of effort. Now it's so easy. That's kind of scary, but it would have taken significant effort because we didn't have the texting was different. The messaging. Yeah. So different. Yeah. Yeah. So some things were just not appropriate. So I just felt very, very lonely. I'm talking like lonely for like 14 years. Lonely. That's just the truth. I think that's how a lot of people in ministry feel is lonely. And I think that probably my initial reaction was part of that. Like I didn't know how to have a good friend and be in ministry. Um, So Aaron and I were in ministry for eight years um, in Albuquerque. Aaron's Um, her husband. Yeah. Yep. Uh And I didn't have, I didn't have good girlfriends um my friends were like our youth leaders so everybody was way younger than me Mm -hmm. so here I have like little babies and um I'd have girls come over to my house you know that are like 19 20 um and so I didn't know what it was like to have a peer yeah friendship in the same season yeah yeah and what you share to a 19 20 year old in a in conversations as friends is so different it was much more of a mentoring relationship even though they're my friends. They're my friends to these to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's more of a peer um, relationship that you and I have versus a mentor um, relationship. And so um, I think that was part of what my reaction was. So like, I, it's like I put my wall up. Like I don't know what yeah. I don't know what this is. Yeah. No, seriously, me too. And I think for me too, it was. I, I just almost have this inferiority complex where anytime I go to somewhere, I'm thinking do they like me? Yeah. Like, do they hate me just because I'm here? Am I going to do a good enough job? Are they wondering why is this the first time seeing you? Uh, you know, like, right. so, so basically we needed, we kind of both were really scared. Yeah. We needed Brian <laughs> to like be our mediator and say, Hey, guess what? My wife likes you. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. May have never have happened without Brian. Right. I know. Yeah. Well, and so our, our like cubicle spaces, were like right backed across. up to each other yeah. yeah so we um thank god for swivel chairs because we made use of those things and talked to each yes. other quite a bit yeah um, yeah good, good conversations really you know. good conversations uh some that were just dumb yeah <laughs> dumb, uh, dumb meaning yeah silly silly yeah sorry i said that word no i say dumb all podcast. the time no i say dumb to mean hilarious and i i realize that not everybody knows that i think when i first married uh, met brian i mentioned him being dumb and stupid meaning you're so funny. Yes. And he was like, yeah, don't 
<laughs> and I thought, no, that's how I talk. Except my talk. So I, anyway, yeah. yeah, I just assume maybe maybe some more people are like Brian was 16 years ago and doesn't know dumb means funny. Yeah. Anyway, so Thanks some of our conversations, yeah, some of our conversations <laughs> were so dumb. Yeah, so and, dumb. But then some were so meaningful, like to the point where, um, like changed the trajectory of my life. Meaningful. Um, we walked through a really traumatic situation really quickly after yeah. we met and you helped me um, through that just having that friend to talk through um, and process um, some of what had happened in our life um, and then even more so um, okay here's a story you don't know you ready oh yeah prior to us coming to the Oaks we had come to an Easter service and that Easter service you were part of the Easter production and you shared your testimony yes. about um, about your battle with fear through song um, yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. um you like did a testimony and you sang a song mm-hmm. right yeah um, it was it was almost like a musical the right. whole thing and so that lyrically was you could hear the testimony through that's right through the words yeah. of the song <laughs> well i remember thinking wow i don't think i've ever related to anything more wow. um and i mean little did i know that I would meet you, you know, a year later or something like that. And it didn't even, it took me a while to even remember that that was you. Um, I was going to say, did you make the connection? Yeah, it it, took a long time until you had actually talked me through some of your, your story, Mm -hmm. um, with your, with your, um, battle with fear. Yeah. Um, and the breakthrough that you've had in your life and the freedom that you've had in your life. And, um, I was battling that too. I've, I've battled it since the being a child um off and on in different seasons of my life it will like ramp up where I'm just super fearful I have a lot of anxiety um and then it will go away Mm -hmm. um and not long after I met you probably several months after meeting you it started to spike again where I like didn't want to leave the house um with my kids I felt I felt like what what's going to happen if I uh, if I put myself out there with my kids, like I just, I just had so much fear and anxiety. Didn't it was like I didn't want to leave the house, but I also didn't want to be home alone. And so it was just like, mm-hmm. do you know that yeah, feeling? Yeah, it's such a dirty trap. Yeah. If you go out, you're afraid of what's going to happen physically to all of you. If you stay in, it's the mental torment that you're still yeah. living with. Yeah. 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 And so um, it had started to peak, and I just knew like I've got to get, I've got to figure this out. Like I can't just get it under control anymore. Like, I need freedom in my life. And I had known enough of your story um, that the Lord prompted me to, to talk to Sue, talk to Sue. And so um, so you were working in one of the offices that day, and I just came in and said, hey, can we talk? Um, and I don't even know how long we spent together long. that day, probably. It was a good long time. <laughs> yeah. Have we ever had a short conversation? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> if we have, it's been very unfortunate, and I want to cry because it's too short. <laughs> Right. No, but it was a good lengthy. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And um, God used you to walk through um, freedom, a freedom ministry um, with me. And I truly believe that day that that fear broke off of me. Um, wow. And so so I say all of that to say like, man, what if our friendship hadn't happened? What if I had let that? Oh, I don't know about this chick. Um, what if I had let that settle really in my mind mm-hmm. and kept that wall up? And I'm just so grateful that that didn't happen. Um, one, because you're a blast and <laughs> we just have so much fun together. But there's also been very meaningful conversations that have happened. And um, 
and life-changing things that have happened in my life because of friendship. Um, you know, and I think that, I think that the enemy wants to keep us isolated. Yeah. Especially when we're in ministry. When you're in ministry, you carry um, a lot of weight. Um, you carry your own stuff. You carry other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're isolated, then we're not, we're not processing through those things. We're not seeking freedom ourselves. Um, and so I feel like the Lord just said, hey, no more isolation. I'm going to give you a friend. And um, he gave me you. Oh, so I love that. Thanks for being my friend. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> no, you know, I did. I walked through to- just torment. I don't have to get into the whole story now because that could be its own, you know, whole subject. But I did. And I think one of the things, first of all, when I was delivered of that, it was it was it literally life changing. I went from completely one way to another in the way in the way I felt in the way I I knew the Lord loved me but but so there's this this freedom that I felt in myself and with my family and I saw it all around but it was one of those about a year and I guess it would have been a year moving into a year of it or maybe the second I don't remember that to to actually see that you can in a friendship see someone else also delivered like you can a lot of times I think we get free of something or we learn something or we progress. And instead of reaching down and, and pulling someone else up yeah. out of those things, we can just kind of move along and, and forget and, and maybe even not revisit those things. So I think the Lord is gracious in, in that too. That I, I love it that we have a friendship and we have this shared experience that we both could relate to. Yeah, it's, absolutely. God's timing is so neat. And you know, I kind of want to say it stinks. Like, why did it take me 14 years or, yeah, I guess 14 years to to find a good friend, but whatever, it's fine. I have one now. So if you're out there and you're in ministry and you are lonely, um, keep praying and trusting it. And I would say, don't be in despair because God doesn't want you to be lonely. He wants you to have people who can relate to you. And, and God doesn't want you to live in fear and, and anxiety and a ton of other things. And we can trust his timing in yeah. those friendships. Yeah. Maybe maybe if we had met years before, we wouldn't even have been ready for a, a deep, good sure. friendship. Right. Maybe I would have been too crazy. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And just being at a place where you're like, okay, I'll be vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. You know, it takes vulnerability to oh, yeah. build that deep friendship. Um, I mean, you and I, I think we could have a surface level friendship easy. Mm-hmm. Because we like each other and we have yeah. fun together. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I think I think just being willing to be vulnerable has been what's dug us deeper in friendship. You yeah. Know? You know, kind of I, I kinda of wanna talk about this a little bit, the friendship friendship thing, because there there really are times where people get really burned from friendships or they, they think someone's a close friend and they have been vulnerable and the next thing you know your business is being told to everybody yeah. else or that person suddenly starts treating you differently and in, in not a positive way so I think that's where maybe a relationship with the Lord and, and really being in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying is pretty vital because we could have been a situation where it was two different people and and one was vulnerable and the other one abused that vulnerability so right. to be a friend you have to be a, someone who's trustworthy and so Kate I could I don't know I just knew I could tell that you were trustworthy part of the trustworthiness is you got to give a little bit right so you gave a little bit and I thought oh okay I'll give a little bit Uh and then you start to learn to really trust each other 
you kind of test the waters. You know, you see, okay, she's not a girl who gossips about other people. <clears throat> the only time other people might come into to play is if it's affirming or just a growth type of thing. It's not sure. a gossip. It's a growth. Sure. So it's important. Um, those of you listening to really read those signs in in a friend you've got if someone is bashing other people in front of you and there's never anything affirming they probably are going to do it to you true if if they come to you with a legitimate problem and they and maybe have an issue with the person and it's a god honoring way you can probably trust that that's safe you know a safe type of thing so yeah i think God had us grow to a level of maturity where we could both be right. vulnerable and trust right. each other. I mean, how many yeah. conversations have we started with? Okay, I'm going to say something I've never said out loud. Yeah, like 100%. <laughs> or this is going to sound really ugly and I've never said it out loud, but this is what I think. Yeah. Um. So it's, it, we're not just bringing each other the good stuff. You know, right. we're saying, yeah. okay, I am not, I am not. I have I have no idea what I think about this, why I think this way, or this is the broken piece in me. Like I need I need to just talk through it, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, it's well, just we've grown together. Yes. And then the friend too. You, what you do is you talk about it and you hold it in your hands and you take it up to the Lord, yeah. like together. That's what makes yeah. it so, such a sweet thing is that when you have Jesus. <laughs> I mean, just it's just a game changer in so many things. And yeah, friendship is one of them. I'm truly blessed to have you as a friend. You know, there was a season of my life, and I hear younger girls say this too, and I think it's because they're hurt by female friends. They'll say, all my friends are guys. I can't handle girls. They're too drama. And I'm like, well, maybe you're the one who's drama. Like, you know, or or maybe you're expecting to get so much out of a friendship. Now, I am not going to deny the fact that that can be a thing, you know, um, I watch teenage girls sometimes. The way they treat each other is awful. I don't even understand it. But I think a lot of it comes out of insecurity. But uh, but anyway, so there there was a season where I was like that. All, all guys, because girls are just, ugh, you know, yeah. for probably too many years. Well, then, you know, I then I was got married. And you can't, I mean, that's just not a, I shouldn't be bonding with men. Right. You know, there could be an attraction there. So that's, that's dumb. So I have learned the value in even having a female friend a female to a female is just a different dynamic and there's there's not going to be this awkward thing where it's an inappropriate relationship you know because uh, i'm married so yeah Yeah, girls out there just try trust the lord and ask him how to have good female friendships that are affirming um and it's not like you're getting together and and tearing other people down but you're lifting one another up I think it's worth the fight to have a girlfriend. The fight and the weight. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's worth it. And I think there's something powerful that happens when, um, you know, two or more are gathered. But, like, when you have a deep friendship, there's something powerful that happens. And um, I think it's just worth fighting for. Yes, me too. So my role is um, don't don't be competitive. I, I think... If you're struggling with being competitive with, um, I think it, like you've already said, it happens so much with girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even in the ministry realm, there's not just an abundance of, of females in ministry, of women in ministry. And so I think because of that, there can tend to be even a higher level of competition. Ooh, yeah. Um, with, oh, I felt Among that. women mm-hmm. in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've talked through this with some girls. Um, 
before and and I just I say the best anecdote for feeling competitive um, with your peer um, is to celebrate them so yeah, and if true. you are if you're struggling with like with all the attention that she's getting or like why can't I um, do what she does or whatever it is whatever it is in your mind um, that's causing that competitive thought turn it around and start celebrating that yeah so man you you led that song so good in worship tonight that was powerful thank you for doing that so maybe i was sitting in the pews pews yeah <laughs> what are pews pew, pew, pew. <laughs> did i just do that you're welcome for the sound effects yeah hey if you don't know what a pew is it's like a bench but in a church but we don't really have them anymore and yes. most of our um, more modern churches. So if you're sitting we do have in a chairs, theater seat, a theater seat, and a reclining <laughs> theater seat that warms. Yes. No, we're not that no. bougie. No. Do people? Do people still say bougie? You know, guys. We guys send in your answers now. We're <laughs> we live. might be showing our age. They're here. coming in right now. <laughs> oh, maybe don't say that. Okay, sorry. Go okay. ahead. Keep going. Yeah. yeah so, so if, if you're, you're sitting, sitting in your seat, your seat. <laughs> And um, start to feel that rise up in you, you know, like jealousy. Why am I irritated right now? Sometimes you don't even know what it is. Sometimes it's just like, I feel irritated by her. (laughs) You know? It's just her. Yeah, it's just her. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, Start to process. What is it? What is it that's irritating me? Um, And figure out how to turn it around um, to celebrate her. Um, And the cool thing is, is, She's got gifts that the Lord wants to use, mm-hmm. and you have gifts that the Lord wants to use. And if you're both operating in those giftings, then God gets glorified. And um, if you're celebrating each other, then you get to do it together. You get to partner together. Um, the church doesn't mm-hmm. need us bickering and no, jealous. No, no. Let's all be great. Yeah. Let's all well, use Paul our had giftings. a lot to say about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> your, your jealousy and bickering and who's better and who's doing this. and Yeah. Yeah. What a great advice you've given your students you i know you you have a lot of kids interns Mm -hmm. you're the kids pastor yeah and that is they're getting really good counsel and leadership from you i love that you i love that you're where you are for so many reasons one because we're over the the interns here at the oaks and our interns a lot of them are under you and so it's like yeah they're getting something so good under pastor cake wajardo it's one of the favorite parts of my job yeah the growing them and and teaching them absolutely which is so nice because, you know, the the older women are are to teach the younger women. Isn't it funny too that we're entering? Yeah, like what? we get to Did enter you just this. Call me older? I mean, I was called one of the olds the other day. I didn't. I took it all right. How did this know. happen we to us? We can analyze that later. Yeah, but we're actually real, still really young. Yeah, absolutely. But, but um, but we are at an age now where we can reach and and help other young women too and it's such it's a real neat place to be i actually do enjoy getting older because it's such an honor to be turn around and remember what it was like for me that can be tricky sometimes i forget but but to intentionally remember what was i feeling Mm -hmm. like what kind of tensions were there in my life what was i worried about yeah And, and things like that and that you can pour your wisdom and your love yeah. into them. You're really loving. You are really affirming to other people. So I know that the the young men and the women, but um, particularly, I think we, yeah, you're right. We don't see a lot of, a whole lot of women in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to be feminist in the way I'm talking, but it's just a fact. We, sure. we don't see a whole lot in, in leadership and pastoral roles. 
and so that they can see that models is incredible yeah well you know i was even thinking the other day um when i was when i was younger when i was in college um i really felt the calling to ministry but i didn't know what that looked like Mm -hmm. i didn't really feel like i needed to get a ministry degree i wasn't i didn't feel that urgency like the lord wasn't leading me that way and i just really wasn't sure what that would look like um and the only thing I could, like, call it, you know, and name it was I, I felt called to be a pastor's wife, um, but I would not say that out loud because it felt very embarrassing to oh, say, yeah. I feel called to be a pastor's wife. In what way? Um, embarrassing. I feel called to marry someone oh, who is a yeah. pastor. <laughs> oh, that's your goal? <laughs> right, right. You know, because they always talk about, oh, the girls who go to school and they get their MRS degree, you yeah. know. They, they became a missus. They got married um, in college. And that's so, not what I was wanting. It wasn't that I was wanting to be married. I wanted to be married. Yeah. But I wanted to marry a pastor. I wanted to um, be in pastoral leadership. And I don't think I realized that's what that longing was. And that's what the Lord was putting inside of me um, was a desire and a calling to pastor. Yeah. Um, and I pastor. hadn't seen that. I hadn't, I hadn't had an example of what it looks like for um, a woman to be in a pastoral position. Right. And so all I knew was, Lord, will you give me a husband that I can support in the ministry? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just so cool now that we get to do this together, you know, yes. and, and yeah. for the first time in my life, I actually have a pastoral, um, title and that feels funny. Mm-hmm. It still feels funny, but, but I love it, you yeah. know, and I'm thankful for it. Um, that's so funny what you we talk about not wanting to say that because there's this joke about the MRS degree. So I'm someone who didn't go to a Christian university. I went to a public university and the mindset, at least where I was, was so different, so different. And I remember, oh my goodness, I remember when I got engaged to Brian and being so excited and, and telling my professors in the psych department who I'd worked closely with. And honestly, the attitude was, really that's what you're going to do you're not going to go on and get your master's and then your phd mm. and you're not going to go right to work you're getting you're going to get married and i thought well mm-hmm. yes <laughs> this is awkward <laughs> and so and that was the thought of a lot of the professors there and and the and the people you know who just went was we don't need well i don't need a man the women like i don't need a man i could do what i want i yeah. can get the job that i want well yeah i mean you can still get the job what you want and you can have the man too so I remember one time Brian laughing with some other people and they said something I had never heard before in my life. And it was joking about getting a ring by spring. Yeah, right. And I realized that a lot of the audience now totally know what that means. But I said, back up, rewind. What did you just say? What did you just say? A ring by spring. Because it's so funny, I actually got a ring by spring. Didn't realize, like, I didn't know. I was just like, "Yay, I got you know, I'm gonna get married and I'm about to graduate." And uh, anyway, so they explained this whole, you know, ring by spring, and I thought, "Oh my word, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard." Yeah, <laughs> because I had come out of such a different culture. But yeah, no. So it's, anyway, just interesting that you mentioned that, even in that culture, just to say that you would want to be married to a pastor. Even even surrounded by the ministry culture, right. it's almost laughed at. Right, you can't imagine yeah. what it would have been like. Yeah, which- I just thought it would be <laughs> a joke to everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kate, she just wants to be, um, she just wants to be a, a wife. 
Yeah. And honestly, that was such the a joke fun when I was in college. That oh really? Um, everybody called me Mama Kate um, because <laughs> I just was motherly, and mm-hmm. and I even remember um, probably being eighteen. So I've been a part of the Oaks since I was eighteen. Um, wow. We left for a season to pastor um, mm-hmm. and came back. Um, but when I was 18, sitting with uh, Pastor Mark Brewer, who's now our executive pastor, um, and him asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? He didn't say yeah. that, but yeah. basically, like, what, what's your dreams? Because mm-hmm. that Pastor Mark, he just wants people to live their dreams. He just wants to help people live their dreams. And so he had asked me that, and uh, he, he reminds me of this story frequently. <laughs> um, but I started crying and I said, I just, I just want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. I just want to be a mom. And it, the thing is, I didn't know what I wanted mm-hmm. except for that. I knew I wanted to be able to support a husband in ministry. Um, and I knew I wanted to be a mom. And it's crazy to see how that simple desire um, to be a wife and to be a mom and to do something for God um, has transpired into the things that I do now. And I see um, what a greater calling the Lord had for me. Mm-hmm. Not that there's a greater calling than being a mom to my babies right. Um, right. and being a wife to my husband. Um, but I realized what the Lord was actually developing in me was um, a desire to be a spiritual mother, mm-hmm. um, not just to my kids, but to um, the kids of our community, even even to our interns. and And so... They joked that I was Mama Kate, yeah. you know, all yeah. through college. Um, but it's because I have that nurturing, mm-hmm. like, I want to help people. Um, and I didn't realize it then. I kind of thought, well, I don't have the greatest giftings. Like, nobody's asking me to lead the worship song um, or preach mm-hmm. the message. Um, a lot of those things hadn't developed in me yet. And um, But what was developing in me was the desire to... Um, to love people and care for people. And I just see how that's transpired. So, so yes, was I um, feeling the calling to, um, to be a pastor's wife? Yeah. But I, really that was a calling, I think, to do pastoral ministry. Was I feeling the calling to be a mom? Absolutely. Um, but beyond just my own children, um, but to be a mom to this generation. Wow. So that's beautiful. I love that. I, and it, it is, it's, it is such an honor to be a wife. It's, and it's not putting that down. It's not putting down being a mom at all. It's interesting. You you grew up Assemblies of God, right? right? Yeah, me too. And in our denomination, has all, it was even always been affirming of women in faith. I mean, women in ministry. There's never been an issue. But what's interesting is that I, I'm assuming based on what you said, and it was true for me, it was affirming in that I don't know that I actually was aware of that then. I do, I do now. But... Um, and there were certain, it, certainly I didn't feel like women were ever put down, not in my denomination. I don't no. feel like they ever were, but I never did see a woman preacher, not at my church. Right. Um, Unless it was like a women's conference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you, if you even had, <laughs> or Bible if study. you even had a women, oh yeah. in a Bible study or a worship leader. Yeah. Which man, those are incredible ministers. Yeah. Oh absolutely. my goodness. Our worship leader at my church growing up, she was amazing. I got to see her this summer because they were also um, at one time our youth pastors. Okay. But man, when she got up to lead, I joked with I joked with her. She did not know this, but I told her this summer. I said, 
I knew that if I made eye contact with you, you were coming off the platform and you were going to dance. <laughs> like you were going to grab, because you know, charismatic <laughs> Pentecostals, yeah. we were going to, yes. we were going to be dancing. So I would like, look down, Sue, she's looking your way. Oh my word. But, but she was so, other than that, she was kind of a, a shy, a shy person. But man, when she was responding to worshiping the Lord, yeah, it, it wasn't always like that, you know, but there were some times where you could tell it, it totally different totally different things so that was an example of leadership that I saw on you know up front but not a preacher yeah yeah I can't think of one so well and I'm excited that my girls I have two girls that's crazy to me yeah your own Um, baby girls yes Yes. because I have a new one yes Um, you have three kids and a new baby three kids um two girls and a boy and so he's sandwiched yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally little buddy he's so cute but I'm excited that my girls we'll get to see a model of what that, um, of what that will look like. Yeah. You but know? I think for, for me, I don't know about you, Kate, but there are times where if I see a woman do something in leadership in ministry, I think, or, or if I'm even asked to do something or given permission to do something or invited into a place, I think I'm allowed to, wait, I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to be, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I am. It's weird. It's because it was never told that I couldn't. But it was never really overtly told that I could. Sure. So yeah, I'm in a culture now where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm allowed to go here, and I actually have to fight that sometimes. Yeah, I, I feel do like too. I'm not really okay being. Yeah, you too. Yeah, I think I just need the affirmation, like lots of it. Yeah. Me, I'm like, you can tell me every time I'm invited. <laughs> yes. Every week. Yes. So we men don't of do our a standing affirmation, please. <laughs> yeah, really. And we're not trying to be needy, but we're trying to break culture because it's in our mind. Yeah. It is a mindset. Yeah, we really are not trying to be needy people but we're not trying to impose either. And we do, we are, we're gonna need the invitation over and over and over until we're confident. Um, I don't know, I feel like some women are like, I know I'm invited, I'm there, boom. But I don't know, I'm not that way. And I don't think you are. And I think a lot of people are not, unless they've been in a really healthy environment. Yeah, and the Oaks is a very healthy environment. Mm -hmm. Um, So supportive of of women in ministry um, and, it's just been so good for my soul to be here. Um, it's just such a healthy environment. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. Well, I love, too, so you're you're helping to grow young men and young women who are interns. Yeah. But I have children in the children's ministry. Yeah. And so what I love, too, is because I know you so well, I get this inside scoop to your heart and what you truly desire for the children at the Oaks. And knowing that just blesses me. I love that you're my kids, kids pastor. Thank you. Because you're welcome. Thank you. Well, I'm so team Brooks. <laughs> the Brooks kids might have a special place in my heart. Oh, they love you. Yeah, no, just knowing, just knowing what your, I know your heart for the Lord and I know you don't have a crazy agenda and I'm not saying anyone else in the past did. I'm not saying that at all because sure. I know for sure. I mean, we just had Ani on. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking to Pastor Joey soon. Yeah. So that was never the case, but it's just like, it just, it's just always so, I cannot believe sometimes that I'm in such a healthy environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, a, it's just, it is a true blessing. But well, yeah. I just think my kids are in our kids' ministry. So mm-hmm. I think I just funnel things through, what do I want for my kids? Um, what do I want my kids learning? What do I want them exposed to? What do I not want them exposed to? And so I feel like I get to create um, a model, you know, in kids ministry that's 
what I want for my kids. And mm-hmm. so I think I have that advantage that I'm thinking through the filter of um, what do I want it to be like for Nora, who's an infant? Like, what do I want that nursery to feel like? And what do I want them to do with her? And um, and then I've got Silas, who's um, just came out of preschool, started kindergarten this year. So it's like, what do I want preschool to look like and feel like for for my little guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and then for Penelope, who's in elementary, like, what do I want that to feel like? And so I think even just having them in different ages helps me just to be more aware um and i get tested every week (laughs) on hey guys tell me what you learned today or tell me what what did you do in small group or and and i get to hear from a kid's perspective what did what did that feel like to them yeah so i kind of have it the inside scoop there and so that's helpful um it's like you're it's it's almost like we can trust pastor kate she's on our team she gets it she's raising kids right now i hope so so. i hope people feel that way yeah. I'm going to say they do. Thanks. They all just said they did. <laughs> you know, one of the things that um, has been on my heart lately um, that the Lord's been speaking to me about is about um, the spiritual inheritance that I have. Yeah. Um, yes. Talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So my my grandpa recently told me um, a story about my great, great grandmother. So born in 1890, I think, 1880, 1890. Um, And he tells the story of how she came into Pentecost, um, how she came into a Pentecostal church, um, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, And so this was, I mean, this was early 1900s, early in the movement. It was at the start, yes. Of Pentecost. Or the revival of it, yeah. Yeah, the revival in the United States. and, um, And it's crazy because prior to him even telling me that story, probably about a week before, the Lord said to me um, one day in prayer, um, you have such a rich spiritual inheritance. Wow. Don't squander it. Um, Just like you would be careful in the way that you spend a monetary inheritance. You know, if Aaron and I were to get a huge lump sum of cash, um, we would be very diligent. We like, I would want to like get a new car, get a new house and go to Disneyland. Yeah. But am I going to do that? I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to be very careful with how I spend my money. Um, and I felt like the Lord just impressing in my heart, Hey, just as you'd be careful with that, be so careful in, um, in your spiritual inheritance. Don't, don't lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just feeling a mandate even, um, to pass that on to my kids. Wow. Like I've got to have something left to pass on to yes. my kids. Yeah. Um, and beyond that. I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, it's not just for your kids. I need you to lend the spiritual inheritance that you have to my kids, Hmm. you know, to um, Oak's kids as a whole. Um, And so I think just making decisions through through the funnel of what would I want for my kids? I want to create those moments for for all of Oak's kids. Yeah. The majority of our kids, I don't know, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm just going to say the majority of our kids don't have a rich um, spiritual inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get to start something for their generation, like in their generation yeah. for their family line. And I want that to even be happening, um, you know, in their young years. Mm-hmm. So you, so you felt the Lord was telling you this and then just a couple weeks later, you're 
your my grandpa. grandpa. Yeah. yeah, your grandpa. Yeah, and we've had so many great conversations, and I don't know why it took this long for him to tell me that, but it was like, it was just all I think in God's timing. Yeah, yeah, it's so neat, and it, it's it's one of those ex- neat examples too of when you feel like you're hearing from the Lord and then having it confirmed. And yep. so you heard it, and then it was confirmed. It kind of sealed it. It made it even more intense, and and more even more meaningful because right. now we're, you know, you know that you have a spiritual inheritance, but you learned something even more right. about what that actually meant. Yeah, and, and it was your even, grandmother. Yeah, it, it was, was like a, grandmother was a female. Mm-hmm, it was a female, and mm-hmm. I think that even made me feel even more empowered. Yeah, um, like okay, that. Like, you almost I have got her fire inside of me. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of what it made me think. Because yeah. he told stories of, you know, that people in the community would call on her to um, pray for the sick and that they'd be healed. Come and, on. Woo. And I'm like, okay, Lord, yes. I like, I'm not, I'm not going to shy away anymore. Like mm-hmm. um, if she could do this in the early years where it was not um, prominent, um, he said that, uh, that the people in the community would tell her husband, you got to get control of your wife. Mm. Um she's getting mixed up with this Pentecostal bunch. Like, like she's, she may have gone off the deep end. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, people are getting healed. Yeah. Miracles. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And now oh, here we're in such a spiritually rich environment. Um, and, and it, there's still the tendency to want to quiet yeah. um, the voice of the Lord, mm-hmm. to quiet the gifts of the spirit. Um, to feel insecure and should I do this? Should I not do this? I feel like this might be the Lord. Um, and I just think it just fueled all of that. Like, no, I'm not going to be silent anymore. I'm not going to be meek in the way that I, um, in the way that I minister and the way that I use the giftings that God has given me. Um, like it, it's now, like yeah. now yes. I need to use it. I'm you know? fired up. You can't see me people. <laughs> but I'm, I'm cold in the room, but I'm fired up on the inside. Kate. Oh, I love getting to do ministry with you. I love that we're friends because that is such a, oh, yes, I can. I do think that Dr. Rosal and I were even talking about even the young adults and how there just seems to be a stirring, something where they're just really genuine and, and they're longing and they're wanting to know. Likewise, I think in the children, it is where I really believe we're going to see this um there's an acknowledgement that yeah we do we're going to work in the gifts and we're going to expect yeah. to see signs and wonders and the yeah. children will dream dreams and, and prophesy and yes i love that living in this day where i th- i think the lord is confirming it over and over and over and i'm sitting here talking to a major leader in in a church that's an impacting an entire generation of children and i need a box of tissues <laughs> <laughs> this is just yeah. It's amazing. You don't have any other agenda than walking in obedience to the Lord and yeah. carrying on what he, a legacy that he has placed, an inheritance. Yeah. And to be honest, I can't believe I'm in kids' ministry. Um, I still am oh, shocked yeah? some days that, like, wait, I'm a kids' pastor? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I forget sometimes um, because it wasn't my plan right, at all. Right. So um, actually, I came to the Oaks in 2003. Um, mm-hmm. to do master's commission. It was kind of the early years of what um, OSL is now. Okay. It was kind of the precursor. Yeah. Um, would you say? To, yeah. To yeah. OSL. And it was so, in that, tra- it was about to transition, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I came here in 2003. Um, and it's crazy um, to think about this, but um, I was 18 years old. 
And I remember sitting back in the back of the family theater, which the family theater is in our kids' building. It's now the kids' building. Mm -hmm. But at the time, the family theater uh, was not the family theater. It was the auditorium. The main. Um, It was the the main main auditorium. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 2003 is the first year that the Oaks was here in Red Oak, had moved down from Oak Cliff. And and that was a sanctuary. So part of Master's Commission is we started every... Thank you for saying sanctuary. Nobody says that anymore. And I'm like, are you going to the sanctuary? And they're like, a what? Like, you know, the sanctuary. The auditorium. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You're welcome. It's a sanctuary. You're welcome. Say it right. <laughs> oh, I am getting old. Okay. Showing uh, proof that I did grow up in the Assemblies of God. Yeah. Yeah. Lord that prepare spiritual me. inheritance. To be a sanctuary. Yes. Here and holy. Okay. I'm sorry. Totally interrupted you, but I like that you said sanctuary. So yeah, I felt welcome. the need. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so I was sitting in the back of the sanctuary, auditorium, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we started every morning um, in Master's Commission off with an hour of prayer. And so I was sitting on the back every wall. Every morning? Every morning. What days were you um, there? Monday through Thursday, I want to say. Wow. Yeah. And so um, we were sitting and I was sitting on the floor up against the back wall. Um, and I was just asking God, like, what do you want me to do? I was taking classes at Southwestern at the time, um, but I just really didn't. All I knew was like, I think I want to be a pastor's wife, but I don't feel the need to get a church ministries degree. Um, but I, but I don't know what I needed to claim a major, and I didn't know it's what to do. It's always so tough. I know. Oh, it's the I know. Worst I think our decision. students um, struggle with that one. You sure, know? sure. Which is yeah. realistic. I did because. You could do a million things in your life, you yes. know, sometimes and you probably will. People say I'm <laughs> called to mission. So they get a missions degree and maybe missions ends up being part of their life, but it might become five years of their life. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not the entirety yeah, of their life now. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just remember God very clearly giving me direction. It's probably one of the first times that I really felt like it was clear direction from the Lord. Um, when I was trying to decide whether to come to master's commission or go to Southwestern or move away and go somewhere else, it was just more of a feeling, but this was a very clear direction from the Lord. Um, and he said to me this, get your degree in education, not because you will necessarily be a teacher for the rest of your life, but it will open opportunities for you that I want opened. And so that's what I did. I became an elementary education major, got my degree, um, and I've taught some here and there, but but never um, never fully in a in a public school. Um, and so it's crazy now. I don't, I can't even think. Sixteen years later, mm-hmm. um, it dawned on me the other day. One of the doors that my degree in education opened is the door that I met that I just wow. walked through <laughs> to wow. be the kids pastor yeah. um, in that building that is now the kids <gasps> building. The same building that you prayed in. In the kids. family theater where we have our second and third grade services. And how did I know that the Lord giving me direction in that room would lead to where I'm at now? It's crazy. I know. I just froze. I know. That's me freezing, guys. <laughs> that silence is my, I'm being stunned. Incredible. I know. It was just powerful. So amazing. And I'm just so thankful that um, that I said yes mm-hmm. to what God has asked me to do. And it hasn't always been pretty in every season. It's, it hasn't right. always been clear. There's been seasons that have been confusing and frustrating, and I don't understand why I'm not doing more for the Lord or why doors are not opening for me. Um, and, and it's felt like, am I even 
am I even making the right decisions? And to see now um, just the hand of God on my life. And, you know, when I came to the Oaks and became, um, came on staff, I didn't go straight into kids ministry. I actually um, started working for Pastor Scott and Pastor Mark as the executive admin. That's right. Um, That's when I met you. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that job kind of just got landed in my lap. And um, honestly, when they offered it to me, I wasn't positive that I wanted it. I felt like it was such an honor and I appreciated it. I wasn't sure if I, if I could do it. It was a big job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. If that's, if I didn't know if I was going to like get stuck, you know, in being in that role. Um, but I said yes. And then um, a year later, uh, the assistant uh, or associate kids pastor position opened up. And it was literally just a thought in my head. I wonder, I wonder if I'd be good at that. And I just remember going home to Aaron and saying, hey, I don't know. What do you think? Would that be good? And next thing I knew, I was in kids ministry. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then now being the kids pastor. And I would just say that I want to do whatever is in my hands to do. Whatever the Lord is putting in my hands to do, that's what I want to do. And so I think the calling to um, be in ministry, you know, I, I talked about how early on I thought it was to be a pastor's wife. I quickly learned, I just want to serve the church. I don't feel called to do, we've done youth ministry, we've done young adult ministry, we've done junior high ministry. Um, and I've never felt like a huge calling, like, man, youth is the thing, or young adults mm-hmm. is the thing, or kids is the thing. I just love the church. Mm-hmm. And and God, I just want to serve in your church, whatever door you open, if it's, if it's administrative or if it's pastoral or whatever it is, I want to do that. And um, just to kind of look back and see that every time the Lord put something in my hand to do for me to say yes, how it's, how it has developed me mm-hmm. and has led to the next open door. I did not come to the Oaks to be the kids pastor. And yet here I am. Yeah. And it's crazy. And who knows how long I will I will be the kids pastor who knows when the Lord's going to say, actually, now I'm going to put something new in your hand to do. Um, but I think when we're faithful, um, to do the things that he's giving us to do, that's when he gives us more. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when we work with, I want to take this back to, to the students who we're working with and just anybody who is in a season where they're wondering, what is it I'm supposed to do next? Or what is this big decision I need to make? It's going to affect the rest of my life. They need to hear things like that. Because really, that's the case for so many people. Is, and it really is almost so the, the ones who just their desire is to seek the Lord, to do what he has for them. And then if he says move to move on you know, to the next thing, they're the ones who everything just seems so sweet when it happens. And that's right. why we can have these big aha moments. And yes, you had everybody has struggles in life and in ministry. But you were that makes that moment where you connected that, that auditorium moment to now here you are in that I meant sanctuary sorry <laughs> you know, <laughs> moment it makes it that even that m- much more significant to you absolutely but it, and it, it's really important because it's difficult sometimes to as you're learning to hear God's voice to really understand what his calling is on your life and what his calling is is wherever he is calling you and it's not necessarily he's calling you into one thing for all time that's actually rarely the case even if you see someone in the same type of job chances are they're doing very different things within that mm-hmm. in that job and so i think it's encouraging for, for people to hear that and need to know that 
you might feel the Lord calling you to lock into a, a major now, or even that pressure, because you, you have to you have to declare one in order to take the courses that you need to right. graduate. Um, and you might not understand why you haven't until much later. Kate, when you were talking about getting your education degree, that actually reminded me of one of our early conversations in Virginia. They, I don't, I don't, I still don't think they do this. I mean, I think it's still this way. I don't think it's changed. You cannot get an education degree at the undergraduate level. So you have to degree in something else, and then you do the additional work to get, you know, your okay. certification, your license. And so that's why I did psychology because I was going to do education. Okay. I started work on a master's in education, actually, and but that's not where I did not end up in early childhood. Ele uh, elementary education I did work just like you there were plenty of things that I did that actually made that degree you know worth applicable it. Yeah. yeah yeah and um yeah but I never did get the the master's in education in fact a year a few years later I knew the Lord was calling me to get a um, degree in Bible and theology at the master's level and I'm actually if you keep on moving you can get your MDiv so that's what I'm yeah. working on now that, yeah, you are. that eternal degree yeah so but it's interesting because that the work in psychology and even the work in education was not for nothing no so i think i think all. i've told you this before um i for many years in my life now my i have four brothers who are older than i am and who were married and had children when i was still growing up and then another brother younger than i am and we're all in the same we're all from the same parents there was just a gap <laughs> you know yeah and so i was around children i think it was an aunt when i was eight or nine and so I always, from that, that age, even as a child, I knew I loved children and babies all through college and all through um, even young adults and in, into being a parent. And I thought, I know I'm going to be ministering to children. And I, I always thought it was about like four and four or five year old age, four, five, six, seven, eight, I don't know. But then I found myself not in that role. I mm -hmm. did everything but. Well, not when we were pastoring. When we were pastoring, I did worship ministry and I did children's ministry. But then afterwards, when we came here, I helped a little bit. And then slowly I, I realized I, it's not even that I don't need, it's not even that I don't even like this. I don't even feel like I'm supposed to be working with children regularly mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And I'm starting, it, I actually am starting to not like it. <laughs> like it was so strange. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm working with the Oak School of Leadership. Right. That's young adults. And um, did I tell you, have I told you the story? I think or is so. it ringing a bell? Yeah. Um, I know you guys listening haven't heard it. I was talking to Kate, so don't judge <laughs> the way I'm talking. I wasn't talking to you anyway. Um, <laughs> no. So I remember walking into, it was fresh, Fresh Market Coffee in Waxahachie. And there were two uh, college students, OSL students, sitting on stools. And when I opened the door, there was a bell at the top of the door. So when you open it, you could hear it ring. Right. And they turned around to see who came in and they turned around, their eyes got real bright and they said, Miss Sue. And I, I thought it was just the weirdest thing. It was like I jumped in a time machine and was instantly taken back to when I was younger and children and you were would Miss call Sue. me Miss Sue. Yes. Yeah. And it was weird and I carried on the conversation, but I knew it, it just felt interesting. So later that night I said, God, what was that? That is really strange that that took me back to a time when I was working with children. And I said to God, and by the way, look, what was that all about? I had this major passion in my heart to work with children for years and years and years and years, right. like forever until just recently. I don't understand. Did I waste my time and did I not hear your voice correctly? And 
clear as day. It was like I, I heard him. Um, it was not audible, but it was just I knew he was an impression in of your my heart. spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I heard him say, did you ever consider that I did not call you to an age group, but that I called you to a generation? Yeah. And it instantly, I joke that I don't do math, you know, like that, please no. <laughs> I actually did really well in math. I just, it's, I've not had, I don't do you it don't, a lot You now. have a calculator now. I don't use now. it a lot, I know. <laughs> so, but I instantly understood that though that age group of those girls yep. were the four and five-year-olds five that yeah. i have been studying and that for many years i had been studying that so this will last a long time and i really understood that i when i look at the college students now i can honestly with full sincerity say i have loved you i didn't even know you i know i'm not your mom or dad but i have loved you since you were born like and before you were born yeah i have studied you I've had a passion for you. And for whatever reason, my role was not to be with you when you were in four and five-year-olds and then the ones coming after you when they're four, but it's to be with you in this part, this yeah. age group. Yeah. And it's a, it, it just kind of blew my mind that we, we do hear from God, but sometimes we also misunderstand him, right? So I'm walking in obedience. I, I, and, and the passion I had was real. But the way it was supposed to play out was so different. When he reveals all that stuff, little by little, mm -hmm. you know, I think as you're walking in obedience, you learn more of what of what he was trying to say <laughs> that you yes. didn't understand yeah. or yeah. what the next piece of it is. And I think you and I are in an age range where we can now look back and see God's hand of provision and leading over now longer than maybe we care to admit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, know more so, than a decade. Yeah. <laughs> sure. More than a decade's worth. That That is interesting. I like that you said that, that we can look back now and see God's hand because there really, honestly, there are times we, here's the deal. We cannot go by feelings and emotions. We have to stand on the word of God because feelings and emotions change all the time. And yeah. there are plenty of times where I felt like God's hand was not on me, but that does not mean that it wasn't. And what I can do is I can, because I walked in obedience and obedience and, you know, did things that were biblically sound, right? And, and in hearing him, we can turn right around, look behind us, and that's where we the, see the God's hand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that you said that because we do have to, we do have to recognize that we're going to be in and out of seasons where we just don't know if God is, is with us or if we heard him right. But if we are walking in, in what we what we know is biblical truth, then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And I think that's part of my job in working with OSL students is helping them to see that, mm -hmm. you know, they, they haven't lived long enough, most of them to be able to understand that sometimes I've just got to continue, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think there's such a desire to, um, to chase after things that come, you know, um, that, that really are just sometimes distractions to what God is actually asking you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with, um, students that, you know, they want to switch internships or they want to, um, change their major or, um, I feel called to this and now I feel called to that. And, and is it that God's not speaking to them? Is it that they're confused about what God's saying? Not necessarily. Maybe it's that you are going to do that and you're going to do this and you're going to do this, but it's all in season. It's all um, in his timing. Yeah. 
you know? And so those are the conversations I probably have more than anything is just helping them to, um, to process through what is God saying to you and what, what might that look like and helping them to make these really important decisions that they have in their life right now of mm-hmm. where, what do I study? Um, who do I marry? You know, all of these, all those of these are things. Those so big. Those are yeah. such big decisions. It's easy to be on this side of it, having gone through it and, they might think it's easy for you to say, you know, you right. are married. Right. And it, it can be easy to forget how the toil, I, I remember toiling over, is is Brian the one I'm supposed to be? Oh, yeah. Is, am I supposed to even date him? Like, who, those are those are really significant. Yeah, and they're walking through that. Plus, it's a lot. It all happens at once. Right. You're meant to choose your degree, which means essentially choosing your career, and then you're choosing a spouse. And then, ah, and then you got to move out of your house one day and you're no longer on campus or with your parents. It's, it's so many it's a lot. things at once. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. 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 So, and so I'm glad that, I'm glad that we have something like OSL, um, to help students process through that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Any, anyone who's working with people at that age, yeah. God bless them. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm one of those. Yay. God bless you. <laughs> yes. What is something that you would, some I feel like you've already given like plenty of advice really through through the narrative of what you're talking about for our students, but someone who has been through a program, you know, and then gone out, do you have any practical advice for them? Well, some of our, our students are graduating here in just a couple months. Yeah. And then some will be in the spring. Do you have, yeah. do you have any wisdom for them? You know, when we got married and, um, left so we were at we were at SAGU and we were at in OSL mm-hmm. master's commission um it kind of transitioned mid us in the program okay. <laughs> um but when we left I had really high expectations um you know I felt like we were like the dream team like you and Aaron, we were like the gift the powerful to... couple <laughs> Yes. The gift to humanity, yes. the and gift all to pastors the everywhere. <laughs> yes, um, but I just thought, man, we we are gonna like rock this thing, um, and then I quickly realized that um, other people didn't see us as a gift as much as I did. <laughs> not that they didn't, not that they didn't gift. see, yeah, the Don't potential. You know? um, but I think I just, I think I had been fed into so much and had been encouraged so much and had had greatness called out in me so much that then to leave and not have that same level of affirmation or opportunity um, was was kind of devastating. Like, it was just such a culture shift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you've been in a program for several years, so, um, and we stayed even a little after and worked with OSL. Um, in the first few years. Oh yeah, you worked like four OSL, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, um, and so we had spent yeah so many years like here getting fed, um, and we were now like the leaders. You know, we were in mm-hmm. leadership over these students, and so then we got married, moved. We're twenty three, I think, at the time, um, and then now instead of us being like kind of on the top tier. You know, Mm -hmm. I kind of hate to even use that terminology, but being on the top tier of some leadership, we were now bottom of the totem pole, (laughs) you know, again. And I wasn't Are you allowed to say totem pole in a Christian podcast? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. 
<laughs> I'm actually serious. I'm wondering. Someone let me we know. We were at the ahead. bottom of the yeah. barrel of <laughs> the ladder. Buddy barrel. Yeah, you can say that. You're at the bottom of Buddy Barrel. Okay. Yes. BGMC. Be very AG here. Yeah. <laughs> Boys and Girls Missionary Crusade. Buddy Barrel is a place where you put your coins in and you give money first. Yeah. Like speed the light. Yeah. We still do that, by the yeah. way. Yes. Yeah. Um, Kate, I'm sorry. I'm very dumb. And you were talking about you went from being at the top of the tier to the bottom. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and it's just it was just so different than what I expected. I expected when we were sent out to go do ministry that it was going to be fantastic and elaborate and like we were going to get to do so much and like um, I bought into a belief that if that here's the crazy thing there's so much truth to this belief but then but then the devil can like just put a tinge of um, of a lie Mm -hmm. to it I think that's how he operates a lot of times is um, he bases stuff off of a truth and then but twists it. And so in my mind, I had this belief that if you're faithful um, in the small things, he's going to make you ruler over much. Okay. That's like actual truth. That's like right. straight from the Bible. Yeah. Right. Um, but I saw it as it was an automatic mm-hmm. um, man. I've already um, back in the day, master's commission, I've already mowed the church's lawn um, weekly for years. Um, I've scraped, dirt off of the tile floors um when we had a big kids fest and people tracked tracked uh, mud in the building i've stacked chairs um i have i've served 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 mm-hmm. so now i don't have to serve anymore that's mm-hmm. where that's where that lie got twisted in my mind mm-hmm. is that um i've already done i've already paid my dues and so now why of course we're gonna be like pastors of a mega church because we served so well like, what do you mean? What do you mean we have to go and actually serve again and start again? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was just such a, it, it was just really confusing <laughs> until I was able to get the truth right in my mind. Um, and so, so I think that made that first season um, in full-time ministry um, difficult is because I didn't, I didn't have that truth sorted out in my head. Yeah. And so instead it was frustrating. Um, you know, and not all places are like the Oaks. The Oaks is, um, the Oaks gives opportunity after opportunity after opportunity um, to students. You know, it's crazy. The OSL students come through and they're given opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to grow if they want it, you know. Um, and, and that's just not the case everywhere, you know, right. um, that that such young leaders are given um, as much responsibility. And so basically it didn't meet my expectation right away. So I had to do an adjustment of my expectation. Um, and so for those of you who are graduating, um, I've got a couple in my crew that are graduating. Yeah. And um, I never want to discourage them in their next season, but I do want them to be aware that, hey, it's going to be different. There's going to be a shift. Um, if, if you're leaving this place, there's going to be a cultural shift. Um, and there's just going to be a shift of, of what you think. It's not going to be everything you expect. But you know what? I'm so glad that my life has not turned out how I've expected it mm-hmm. to go. Um, God's plans are, are greater than my plans. You know, um, His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are, are higher than my thoughts. And so I'm so glad that I don't write my own story. But 
that if I submit to him, even in the hard seasons, even in the seasons that are frustrating and don't meet my expectation, um, where he's leading me is beyond my expectation. Mm -hmm. And I've just seen that happen time and time again. Wow. Thank you for that, Kate. Thank you for giving them that wisdom. I appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you. We could talk forever. We laugh a lot. I know. Cry, and we do. Be normal. And we do. Yes. And this we just got to do so you all could hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're full of wisdom. So thank you, Kate. It's been a lot Thanks of fun. For hey, me. you want to play a game? Yeah. Okay. So we've made a lot of AG references. Oh, Assemblies my word. References. You want that to be the, let's um, oh, dear. say something that you know is total AG culture. <laughs> And we'll say that word. Let's um, take a second and think of a list of things. Three. We'll do like three. Oh, word. One at a no time. No idea. Though. I'm so Suddenly nervous. Suddenly we don't know, right? Okay. I don't you get any. I don't down. get any more like, like. Clue. It can be Pentecostal. It doesn't have to just be H E. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, this is a very targeted uh, game right here. Okay. I'm writing down a. I'm writing down. I'm nervous to idea. offend someone. <laughs> Well, then don't be offensive. <laughs> uh, oh, I have one that I don't think you probably will do, but that's okay. I've never won a game. Well, I've, I've kind of rigged some games. <laughs> can, you, can you rig this game? Can you show me your word? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, it's getting easier. Start to write, it will get a lot easier. Guys, we're writing down our answers so that we can have them readily available. Oh, I'm writing a whole, what, are you done? You just looked at me like, <laughs> I feel like a deer in headlights. I think that once we start, <laughs> we'll get it started okay. and it will start to flow. Okay. You, you work in this, you know, you know how to do this. Okay, tell okay. me the question one more time. So we're gonna, this is what we're going to do. I'm gonna count to three and we're each going to say one word. If we happen to say the same word at the same time, then we've won the game. Okay. Not, not, by the rules won a game yet what do i win um you you get this yay okay (laughs) do you like that sure yeah or i could buy you coffee remember remember i i need words of affirmation so i'll I'll take it oh you're an incredible (laughs) friend the best gamer you're so good at this your (laughs) your word base is so huge yeah okay okay topic is assemblies of god or pentecostal things that we say we've said a few already in the podcast okay. you were like that was a very ag thing of you okay. to say you already forgot okay well it's because i interrupted you you were in the middle of a serious conversation sorry no. that was rude i'm Why also not because <laughs> <laughs> if i were really sorry would i keep doing it every podcast <laughs> yes i'm not sorry are you ready let me know if you're ready i'm ready okay one two three should have bought a honda <gasps> <laughs> Too much? <laughs> you went there. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> Just to be clear, I said, um, should I buy a Honda? <laughs> I thought it was should have bought a Honda. Should have. It's a different dialect. bought a Honda. <laughs> no, okay, no. Okay, Too much? Okay. We didn't win that one. Okay. What did I say? I said body I, barrel. Body barrel. Remember, okay, okay. okay. All right. One, two, three. Three. Fine Arts 16 Festival. 16 Fundamental Truths. Ooh, you said Fine Arts <laughs> Festival. I like it. And I said 16 Fundamental Truths. Okay. Let's list them all right now. Ready? Go. No, just kidding. Oh, dear. No. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Last one. This is our last chance. I, okay, I got to think. I'll let you think. I go to the rock. Oh, it's just background music. Keep thinking. Oh, okay. Of my salvation. 
the why do I always think of hymns whenever it's time to think of songs? Let me know when you're ready. Yeah, because it's like deep down in you. I think so. It's my upbringing. You picked a hard topic. <laughs> you live in this world. You're so funny. Think of children's ministry. Okay. I feel like we're cheating, but think of children's ministry. Okay. What are some of the ministries you have in children's ministry that okay, are age specific? We're so, we so got this. I, I oh, feel like I'm going to go I one mean, direction and you're going to go the other. I know, me too. One, two, three. JBQ. Royal Rangers. <gasps> you said JBQ. I said Royal Rangers. Yeah, because I like the Bible. Okay, we got to. <laughs> Just kidding. I like to light fires. <laughs> and tie knots. And shoot targets with arrows. <laughs> so I always wanted to be a Royal Ranger. Because they had a lot of fun. Yeah. Sorry. We're, we're going to do one more. We're going to do four. Would you like to serve in Rangers? I'm just going to get you on the spot. Can I shoot stuff? Targets and build fires? Shoot cannons? Build cars? Sure. Yeah. Eat s'mores? Absolutely. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I think your answer is still I'm no. I'm thinking too hard about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think my answer is still no. Let's do one more. I think we might win this. Okay. One, two, three. Impact, Impact. Girls. <gasps> oh, what? Did you did just it. copy me? Did you just copy <laughs> I just got nervous. I got nervous when I copied you. I didn't have a dip it. We won. We won. This is always really Let fun. me hear all the words of affirmation. Ready? Kate, you won. That was fantastic. This has never happened before in the history I know. podcast. I know. A legitimate win. I'm that amazing. That was totally a legitimate win. Kate, <laughs> what in the world? You're the best. And you guys, that concludes our podcast. Thank you. We hope you join us again next week and that this podcast was a blessing to you. Talk to you later. Bye.